The scripture reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Hear the word of the Lord. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us bow our heads together. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Last week, Alan closed our time of worship with a benediction that encouraged us to embrace holiness and, with God's help, to address one thing, one thing at a time. How did you do? Were you able to find one thing to focus on? Did God reveal an area for you to target? If you're like me, probably other things got in your way this week and you haven't yet had the chance to ask God for God's help on this. But I've got some good news for you. The pursuit of holiness is a lifelong process and we still have time to find our one thing. And then the one thing after that, and then the one thing after that, and just to keep on going. Today we're going to focus in on holiness again because it addresses our purpose in life. And I think that's an important thing for us to reflect on this morning. Peter, in his letter to the persecuted church, continues his thread of encouraging his audience to press on toward becoming more Christ-like, to be sanctified and purified. Now, sanctification has two meanings. One is to be set apart for God's special use and purpose. So when we confess Jesus as our Savior, God sets us apart for his purpose, and we become holy. We become his, and we no longer belong to the world. The second meaning is to grow in holiness, to become more like Christ. Because we're sinful, we have behaviors and attitudes and actions that displease God. 
we tend to be prideful and selfish. We create idols and place them where God should be in our lives and in our hearts. We're mean and hurtful to one another. The list is endless. But yet, when we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior and follow him, we begin a new lifelong journey to become more like Jesus. And we look to Christ as our example of who we want to become. People filled with the Holy Spirit. People who love God wholeheartedly and love others as ourselves. So we start the hard work of rooting out sin and allowing God to transform our characters to become more consistent with God's character. To do this, we have to take off the soiled, sinful garments that pull us toward our humanity. That's another way of looking at holiness. Are you taking off those attitudes, words, and actions that are self-centered? Peter lists some of those that Jennifer read for us this morning. Malice, guile, slander, insincerity, envy. When our inclinations, our selfish attitudes, our pride dominate our hearts, then there's less room for godly attributes to bloom. That's why we need to clean out the sin. Those vices have no place in our thoughts or our actions. Those vices ruin relationship and they ruin community. And if those attitudes and behaviors fill up our hearts, we can't love. We can't fulfill our purpose to love one another deeply from the heart, to love one another with a pure heart. God calls us to love one another. That's the mark of a Christian because that's the essence of who God is. God is love. Jesus demonstrated love by being obedient and going to the cross and dying for our sins. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers and equips us to love. And God calls us to love those God puts in our path. From the very beginning, Christians were different from those who did not follow Jesus. As they became more like Jesus, they became more holy. They became more loving. And Christians became known for their love. In fact, there are many instances that Christians ran toward danger to help when it could come a, become a cost to them. You remember at the beginning of the pandemic, we heard a lot of stories about how other Christians dealt with pandemics in previous centuries. They ran toward the danger. They cared for those in distress, knowing full well that it would probably result in their own deaths. But they showed up with sacrificial mercy, compassionate grace and love, and they tended the sick and the dying. They buried the dead. They were different from the pagans who ran away from the plague because Christians ran toward it. And their generous acts of love astounded those who had no faith in Jesus. Their encounter with Christ empowered them to fulfill the purpose that God had called them to. 
As I was thinking about this sermon, the Good Samaritan parable kept coming forward to me. If you remember, there was a lawyer who went to Jesus and asked him what he needed to do to win eternal life. And Jesus said, what do you think? And the man said, to love God with my whole heart, whole mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as ourselves. And Jesus says, you are right. And then the lawyer says, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. There's a man who's been attacked, robbed, beaten, and left on the roadside to die. And a priest comes along, sees the man, and decides to walk along on the other side. Later, a Levite comes along the same path, sees the same man lying in the road, and he makes the same decision to walk along the other side of the road. These two figures are the ones that Jesus' audience thinks should be the ones to rush in and save the day and help the man. That's because priests and Levites were highly respected figures and religious leaders who kept the law and did what was right according to the law. But in this instance, they didn't show love. They didn't shine in holiness. Instead, it was the Samaritan who made a different choice. And this astounds Jesus' audience because Jews had a lot of animosity towards Samaritans. They didn't like their faith. They had differences of the faith. And so Jesus turns this upside down when the Samaritan is the one who's moved by compassion to tend to the man's wounds, to get him to an inn and make sure he has enough to be cared for. The villain was the one who had love in his heart. The villain was the one who was willing to pay the cost to changing his plans, to pay for bills that were not his responsibility, and to go out of his way to help a stranger. The Samaritan revealed holiness, and he is the one Jesus wants us to emulate, to love the one God puts in our path. Now before we pile on the priest and the Levite, it's important to know that they did have a couple of good reasons for making the choices that they did. You see, if a priest or a Levite ended up touching that victim who had died and it was a dead body on the road instead of a man, they would have to go through a whole complicated ritual purification process. There was also the potential for the man to not really be a victim, but in fact to be a robber himself. And so he was just lying on the road to set up other travelers and to attack them. But those are just excuses. Both the priest and the Levite looked at that encounter from a self-absorbed perspective. And we can be more like the priest and the Levite than we care to admit. We don't want to pay what it costs to get involved. We don't want to impact our already busy schedules. 
We might not be sure what to do, so we just do nothing. And some thought times, we pretend that we don't see anything so we can keep on going. Those are very human responses. But they aren't Christ-like. To be frank, it's really hard to live the way God calls us to, but there is a way. Several years ago, I realized that I never really asked God to direct my life. I said that I wanted God to be in charge, but in fact, I wanted to be in charge. And I hate to admit, I, I was ordained by this point too, people. It wasn't like this was years ago. It wasn't that long ago. So I tried to control or manipulate situations to come out the way I thought that they should. But it was a losing battle. It was really frustrating too. But thankfully, because of God's great love and mercy towards me, I had encounter, an encounter with God that changed me. I decided to really submit my way for God's way. I began to really lean into scripture and to really focus on listening to God's still, small voice. And I started living in a way that gave up my need to control. I learned to allow God to lead me and to ask for wisdom and discernment and direction from God in all of my decisions. And that decision has transformed my life. That step of taking off that garment of control and allowing God to grow in me so that I would become more holy has given me peace beyond all measure Now, there are times where I still rush out ahead, and I get ahead of God, and I start making my own plans, but God is very tender with me, and I always feel a little nudge to get myself focused back on where I'm supposed to be and where I belong. I am a holiness work in progress. When we are transformed and changed through the living and enduring word of God, the word that is imperishable and will stand forever, we become purified. Because our lives have been set aside by obedience to the truth, we can fulfill our purpose to relate to others in the way God intended us to relate, with love. Sometimes it is difficult to love. And as we saw with the Samaritan, sometimes loving others costs us something. But God will always equip us to do what God calls us to do. And loving others is what God calls us to do. Love is the very essence of the Christian community. And there are many ways to show love. I see the way you show love to one another here in this congregation. I see how you check up on someone who's been missing from church for a little while. I see how you send birthday cards and other cards of encouragement. I see how you bring meals to one another, how you volunteer to serve the larger community by stepping out in faith. 
I see the way you give encouragement to one another. A few weeks ago, I gave a children's message, and after the second service, five-year-old Charlie came up to me with a little project he had made in children's chapel. He had drawn a church with the words, thank you, pastors, for teaching us about Jesus. That was love in action. Right now, Jar Charlie is showing love by making drawings and saying thank you. But as he grows, as he continues to be nurtured in this body, he will find other ways to extend love to others. And we're all like that. The more that we fill up with godly things, the more capable we are to extend those qualities outward in love. God calls us to love one another deeply. That is our purpose in life. But to be truly effective, we need to become more holy. We have to take off those sinful behaviors in our nature and be filled up with the same things that filled up Jesus. Grace, mercy, compassion, humility, forgiveness. When we do that and we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with the gifts of the Spirit, then we have a deeper ability to work out of love and to spread joy and to have peace and more patience, to be kind and gentle with others, to be good and faithful, to show self-control. When we are more like Jesus, we'll be able to fill our life's purpose to love others deeply. Becoming holy takes time. Change doesn't come easily, and it surely won't happen overnight, but it is possible. We can become less like the priest and the Levite and more like the Samaritan when we have an encounter with the Lord himself and we become reborn and transformed, when we take off the garments of sin and replace them with the garments of Christ, when we love one another with mercy and grace guiding us, when we become more holy, to fulfill God's purpose of our lives. But it does begin with a choice. So don't put it off. It's really easy to allow the things of the world to keep our focus off of God. You can get to it later, but why do that? Why put that off? Talk with God today and start the process of identifying that one thing God wants you to talk to him about. That one thing that will bring you closer to becoming more like Christ. Sin will always be here. That's part of the world that we're in. But with the word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can become transformed. As we grow in holiness, as we mature in Christ, we grow in our capacity to love one another deeply from the heart. And my prayer is that all of us grow in holiness so that our community will be known for who we put our trust in. Our community will be known for love. 
and showing that love to others. May we do so and radiate God's beauty to the world. Let us pray. Merciful God, we thank you that your very essence is love. And because of who you are, you create us to love you and to love others deeply from the heart. Help us to let go of our sinful attitudes and to grow in love. Transform our hearts to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. And may you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.